Xenologic. What's good, guys? And welcome to a special new series that has been introduced onto the ZFL Podcast Network. Now, as all of you probably already know, the Euros have started back on Friday. And I want to start a new series where me and maybe Dukey and maybe other people as well provide their reactions and reviews of the games that have happened in the day prior or the on the actual day. In this case, this episode, the opening episode, will be talking about the three games that happened on Sunday. And that is the um, first game, which was England versus Croatia, which probably was the game of the day over here in the UK. And then the second game, Austria versus Macedonia, which is probably, out of all the games that have been played so far, maybe the one of the least interesting ones on paper. And then obviously Netherlands versus Ukraine. A very good game as well. Now, um, yeah, let's just get straight into it, I guess. But yeah, this is just a new series. And yeah, you're just going to be getting reactions and reviews of each day, each day's round of matches, basically. Not going to speak too much into it. Let's just get straight into it. Now, when the Euro started over here in the UK, England, a lot of people were looking forward to the opening game against Croatia, which ironically was a team that ended their last foray, or the last campaign at a major tournament, aka the World Cup in 2018, when they lost an extra time to one. Now, they did get revenge on Croatia in the Nations League, thanks to the a late show against them at Wembley, Golsom, um, Lingard and Kane, man like Kane were the winner. We're not talking about the past, but that's just some context for you guys. Now we're going to get straight on to the actual game. Now, when the lineups were announced, there were three names that people couldn't help but talk about that were in the lineup. Trippier, Kieran Trippier, Raheem Sterling, and Calvin Phillips. Now, the reasons for these three players are all pretty much different, yet similar. Trippier, he's a right-back, right? We all know that. He was put at left-back. Hmm, weird one. As you know, he was the starting right-back for La, for La Liga champions, Atletico Madrid. And has played right-back basically most of the time, and it's most of the time for England. Ironically scoring his free kick against Croatia in the World Cup semi-final back in 2018 as a right-back. But interestingly enough, Southgate decided to put him at left-back. Second player, Raheem Sterling. Now, his club form was atrocious. Not atrocious, but not the best this season, this past season. For Manchester City, he got benched by Riyad Mahrez, who became a much more important player. And even though he was given a chance in the Champions League final, he started the Champions League final, he didn't play well. He was absolutely pocketed by Rhys James, ironically enough. And his stock wasn't at his highest. But his England form has been on the rise in the last few years. And I think that's what made him be a starter for the opening game of the tournament. And obviously, as most of you who probably would know the result, he made a difference in that match with his goal. But at the time when the Renlats were announced, announced, people were saying, where the hell is Sancho? Sancho wasn't even on the bench, you know? So, and obviously Jack Grealish too, you know, who who has, you know, impressed for Aston Villa this past season. And then the third name, Calvin Phillips. Well, people weren't talking about his inclusion as much, but people were just thinking that this is a really defensive team, really defensive lineup. Having Weiss and Phillips. This was a problem from before I've talked about in the previous episodes of Mini Logic. 
and obviously in those episodes it was paired with a very defensive system three center backs two full backs playing as wing backs now now seeing as a 4-2-3-1 this is exactly what i wanted to have seen beforehand so it's good that he put the system in place which is why personally for me i was more surprised by the inclusion of trippier left back at sterling starting overall than Calvin phillips but then obviously i gained some more perspective and realized that sterling has really been in form for england in recent games but i thought he's done it against the smaller teams Let's see what he can finally do against a big team in a major tournament. Croatia obviously aren't the same team they were when they made their march to the final in 2018, but they still have a couple of the key, key men, such as, obviously, Luka Modric. Um, you have Ante Rebic. Um, Cameron Rich played a small played played in a, yeah, a decent role. And obviously, you've got Vida at centre-back and Vesharko at right-back. Now, a lot of the players like Subasic, Rakitic, they're no longer around anymore. And the, Croatia's performance was a bit flat. The coach is still the same, Zlatko Dalic, but the, the the team, Modric tried his best, you know. They, they, you know, he tried his best, but ultimately, truly, it looked like England seemed to have them covered. It was a really strong performance. Obviously, everyone's talking about how fantastic one of the three players I mentioned in the beginning, Calvin Phillips, was. He was unbelievable. I was surprised to be seen play so high up, but he did it so well. And he obviously, he set up the winner, you know, for Sterling, you know. And Sterling himself was a key player, making key runs in behind the defence. Obviously, his decision-making when he got into those positions was still a bit suspect. But he scored the goal that won the game, so we can forgive him for now. But, yeah, obviously players like Harry Kane didn't come to the fore yet. But if you guys don't really already know about Kane at major tournaments, he only t- seems to turn up against the smaller sides. <laughs> uh, even uh, even I, as a Tottenham fan, will admit that. But hopefully, he changes that narrative because you know he's a key man for England, and yeah, you know he's got to deliver. He's that guy, the captain, the leader. But for 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 Foden on the score of the ten minutes, that was you know interesting. You know, with his Gascoigne impersonation of a trim. You know. And he was decent in the first half, but faded quite fast in the second half, really. Seeing that the Croatia players got a hold of, hold of him a bit more in the second half. And, yeah, he eventually, he had to, he eventually got subbed off for Rashford. But overall, England looked good. Mings didn't look, like, didn't look like he had a mistake in him. In fact, he looked very solid at the back. So I was impressed with him, to be honest. Him and Stones seemed strong enough, but honestly, they really weren't that tested. Walker came in with some important defensive moments as well. And, you know, with Trippier left back, they did look solid. I can't lie. You know, but like I said, Croatia didn't give them the biggest test in the world. And to think that's probably going to be England's most difficult game in the group. So, you know, it looks good. England seemed to just control the game throughout. It was a really impressive performance. And they could have got more than one goal. Kane missed the chance, and obviously, like I said earlier, Foden hit the post. But yeah, all in all, decent performance. Let's see what Scotland could do to match their, you know, neighbours tomorrow, or should I say today, in the match against the Czech Republic. I think that's the first game of the day. So yeah, okay. Now we're going to move on to the second game, and um, Austria versus North Macedonia. Well, obviously, not the most glamorous game on paper, not one that maybe the English population were looking forward to. No, any population apart from the Austrian and the North Macedonian pop, you know, populations, but North Macedonia obviously playing their first major tournament in their history, you know, and wanted them to put a good account on themselves against Austria. And to be honest, that's what they did. They were solid, but 
the problem is when your team doesn't have much quality across the squad consistently, you can be prone to mistakes, which is ironic because obviously they scored a goal from a mistake after Austria scored a really nice goal. So, you know, Lima's finish, volley from a you know drilled in pass from Sabitzer. It was a brilliant goal. But obviously then Daniel Backman, who I believed was the second choice at Watford, but I believe he has played a lot of games this season. I did my research, he played 23 games in the league for them this season. He made the error, didn't know where the ball was. And obviously, who else but Goran Pandev? You know, who else but Goran Pandev? Like, many players don't know, many people don't know many players from North Macedonia. But Goran Pandev would be the first one on many people's lips, most likely. And, you know, he pounced and he scored. You know, who else could it really, really have been? And Macedonia really held their own against Austria. You have to remember that Austria have a lot of players that play in the Bundesliga, which is one of the top three, four leagues in Europe. And they really just seem to be denying them. You know, Elmas and Bardi in the midfield, two very good players that have played in the league. I think they both still do. I know Bardi does for Levante. But um, I think he's at Levante. But yeah, literally... They seem to be doing their thing. Obviously, Alioski, the lead fullback, he did his thing, you know. They it looked like a really decent performance, and then Arnautovic was it Arnautovic? Like I don't even remember the game too well to be honest with you. But Arnautovic did score, but someone else must have scored before him. And I'm oh wait, yeah, Gregoric, the sub. Yeah, so the two subs that came on, Gregoric and Arnautovic, they came on and it made the difference. They both scored. And, yeah, unfortunately, Macedonia couldn't keep the level up. Obviously, when I was watching the game, it looked like they kind of tired a bit as the game went on. You know, to keep pushing at that level and keep going. They seemed to lose the ball really easily in key positions. And Austria, with their quality, eventually broke through and, yeah, got the two late goals. Obviously, another of celebration was quite hilarious because he just seemed like he was pissed to even score a goal. But, yeah, he was the top scorer in qualifying and probably be there. One of the main, main players. Of course, you've got captain David Alaba there. You know, fresh from his um, imminent move to Real Madrid over there. Played at centre-back, which is interesting because I think a lot of us are familiar with him playing in central midfield for Austria, but it seemed to work well enough. But, um, yeah, moving on to the third and final game of the day, Netherlands versus Ukraine. Now, this game probably was the game of the tournament so far, based on entertainment factor. Now, the game started off really fast. I think the first two minutes, it was end-to-end stuff. Ukraine went straight for the juggler, and Netherlands came right back at them. But as the game settled, Netherlands eventually took inevitable control of the match, and they started to impose themselves. Memphis Depay got on the ball a lot, trying to make a difference. Um, Frankie de Jong was keeping the midfield ticking. Denzel Dumfries and Van Anholt. In particular, Dumfries, because he had two key chances in the first half, were making were making big, incisive runs through the back of the Ukrainian defence. And it, it seemed that everything was working well, but they just weren't taking their chances. Ukraine didn't create much, apart from little openings with Malinovsky or Zinchenko or Yarmolenko or the big man up front, Roman Yaremchuk, trying to um, make openings, but couldn't quite make the final couple of passes to thread their successful shot on goal. Often. Now, for the second half, that's when things completely changed. Completely changed. The game just picked up. Obviously, um, Ryan Adams scored for um, Netherlands. And it's interesting how he, when he was at Liverpool, because obviously he's not at Liverpool anymore, 
when he was at Liverpool, he was playing in a much more defensive role, you know, box-to-box midfielder. Did you see him at Netherlands? He's this attacking, advanced, you know, goal-scoring, central attacking midfielder. And it's like, wow, the contrast is amazing. But it happens a lot with players. When they play for the club and the country, it's, it's like two different players sometimes. But, yeah, he's been one of the most impactful players, scores the most goals. And, yeah, he did his thing. Captain Ronaldo, obviously, replacing Van Dijk, who unfortunately couldn't make it for the tournament. You know, he did his thing. He scored his goal. And then, Netherlands scored again. And at this point, you're thinking, the game should be over, right? They're 2-0 up, and I think it was about 25 minutes left to go. And before you know it, Ukraine, Yarmolenko gets the ball on the right. And you know Yarmolenko. Right winger cut into it, cuts into his left, likes to get shot off. He scores. He's, he has scored many goals in the past, but he's cut it inside and it's curled in a beauty. You know, take note of his goal against um, Manchester United for West Ham, and also his goal for Dortmund against Tottenham in the Champions League. He does this, and of course, you probably know what happens next. He cuts inside, shifts it to his left foot, curls it top bins, top bins. It's like whoa, he, he's capable. He's capable of doing this. It wasn't too much of a surprise, but it's still it's still a stunning thing to see, you know. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, maybe Ukraine have a chance. They get a set piece. Malinovsky's all over it. Whips in a devious, devious ball. Yamchuk gets his head onto it. Bottom corner, 2-2, just like that. I think it was two goals in, like, under 10 minutes. Quick fire. Ukraine looked like they were out of the game. The commentators were talking about how they need to start focusing on the games against Austria and North Macedonia and all that stuff and then boom, two quick fire goals. And it looked like all of Netherlands' hard work was outdone, you know. The goals from Weghorst, who scored the second goal. I didn't mention him earlier, but yeah, Weghorst, the Wolfsburg striker and Wijnaldum all came to waste and maybe Denzel Dumfries' two missed chances were potentially going to cost them the victory here. But no. Of course, what then unfolded with about five minutes left to go, with um, Zinchenko getting a mix-up with um, Bushkan, the um, goalkeeper. He makes a dodgy clearance to keeper, collects by, I think, I believe, I think Van Anholt collects it, or Aki. Van Anholt collects it, passes off to Aki, Aki whips a, a very, very good ball, maybe just as devious as Malinovsky's, and guess who's there to head home? Denzel Dumfries, the guy that missed the two key chances in the first half. So you could say that he redeemed himself with that. And overall, it was a decent performance by the Netherlands. At Attacking-wise, they looked really good. They controlled it. They have really talented players. And the fullbacks were really making an impact on the game. But as it can be seen, they have many defensive deficiencies. Maybe mainly because A, De Ligt wasn't playing, even though I know he's been out of form for Juve. And B, that obviously Van Dijk is missing, the leader on that defensive end, you know. Taking off Daily Blind seemed to have made the impact on the team the way they were playing. But I guess with Daily Blind's situation, with his heart problems and stuff, maybe they were playing it safe, who knows. But I thought it was a weird sub at the time. But I guess it had to be made, maybe. But they, they clearly missed him because they didn't concede those two goals. But all in all, Netherlands look positive. Ukraine, like I already called them to finish second in the group behind the Netherlands. And I think this performance justifies it, kind of. They didn't maybe play that well. But they, but you know, Andrei Shevchenko's men did show that you know they're still capable of causing trouble, and I think that's all that counts. I think the Austria, the Austria Ukraine game will be very important to decide who will finish behind the Netherlands, 
you know, I'm sorry North Macedonia, but I might have to rule you guys out of it, but I would love you guys to surprise me. But, um, yeah, all in all, that's my review of the games. Obviously, just to confirm, England beating Croatia 1-0, Raheem Sterling in the second half. And then, obviously, the second game after that at 5 o'clock, Austria beating North Macedonia 3-1. Austria getting goals from, no, not in this order, but, yeah, um, Anatovic, Gregovic and Lima. And then the final game of the day, Netherlands beating Ukraine 3-2. Goals from Wijnaldum, Weghorst and Dumfries. And obviously um, the two quick-fire goals from Yarmolenko and Roman Yaramchuk. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this quick review. And hopefully there'll be another one for you guys tomorrow or later on today. That's what I'm going to aim for. I'm going to aim for later on today. If not, then it'll be tomorrow. So yeah, I might not even promote this and you guys just listen to this because you, you know, you follow it and follow the podcast and you keep tabs on it. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and I'll catch you hopefully tomorrow or later on today. Yay!